0: Hello, everyone. We are so excited to announce this year's Principles to Practice Summit on Montessori and Ecological Consciousness. Join us for this transformative summit, which brings together experts, scientists, activists, and educators to explore how Montessori education can nurture environmental stewardship in our students and cultivate a generation of sustainability leaders. Our lineup of speakers, including our keynote speaker, Robin Wall Kimmerer, will present practical strategies for seamlessly integrating Montessori principles with sustainable practices, empowering educators to foster environmentally aware and socially responsible learners. The summit will run June 17th through 19th, but tickets are available now. Head over to courses.trilliamontessori.org. For more information,
1: I'm Simi Abdullah, and I'd like to welcome you to Trillium Montessori Talks, the podcast where we dig into the theory and application of Montessori methodology in the classroom and beyond. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Letty Rising and other Trillium course creators. Our goal is to provide you with a weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can optimize the classroom experience for your students and yourself. Ready? Let's talk Montessori!
2: Hello everyone! Welcome to Montessori Talks. My name is Letty Rising, and we are here to talk about all things related to the Montessori elementary environment. And today's topic is exuding an air of confidence, even if you aren't feeling it. So confidence is considered an essential trait that we hope for all children to develop. When we think of a confident child... We can imagine a child who throws up a hand and takes a risk to answer a question they may not have the answer to, or who without hesitation jumps in to solve a puzzle or use a material or something of the sort. We can imagine a slightly older version of that same confident child walking tall and proud, navigating through a sea of faces in a school hallway with an air of self-assurance and certainty combined with humility regarding who they are, where they are, what they want, and where they're going. Confidence is something we seek to cultivate in our youth. This is opposed to the unconfident child who might be afraid to raise their hand to answer a question, who sits quietly in hopes of not drawing attention to themselves and who might be socially shy or unsure of how to enter or exit group dynamics. When we see these things happening, we really want to support those children in helping them to become more confident. When a child is confident, they are sure of themselves and their abilities. They accept themselves for who they are, and they trust that they can and will succeed in most realistic endeavors. The unconfident child raises concern because of their lack of belief in their own ability to complete a task or achieve a goal, and that can be a major obstacle in their development. With the support of adults who can help children identify goals and experience success, children become increasingly more confident. Confidence then grows from being in uncomfortable situations, persisting through challenges, and then experiencing success. While there's a lot of attention paid to lack of confidence in children and how we can help them become more confident, we often don't think about, or at least we don't talk about, the adult who feels unconfident. This could be because there's an assumption that once we arrive at the adulting years, most of us should have it all figured out. Certainly, those of us who have chosen teaching as a profession will have at least mastered enough basic skills to have the courage to step into the unknown territory and believe that we will experience success. However, this is often not the case. There are many possible situations where a teacher might not feel confident in themselves. The most obvious one is when the teacher is new, whether they are new to teaching new to Montessori teaching, or at a new school, many people who find themselves in unfamiliar situations feel unconfident, at least at the beginning, while they're orienting themselves to their new experience. This is often because to feel confident, a person has to gain some life experience in the areas that they eventually grow to become confident in. It is through experimentation that we grow more confident. We try something, it works, and we do more of it. We may refine it and package it differently, but we move down the path that indicates success. Sometimes we try something and it doesn't work. We may try it a few times just to prove to ourselves that it doesn't work. Then we move on to something new. The incremental successes that we experience through persistent forward movement become the building blocks for success. Another reason for lack of confidence would have to do with not feeling well-versed with a material or a lesson. Perhaps you're a teacher who taught lower elementary for a long time, and now you find yourself teaching upper elementary. Or maybe you didn't have upper elementary training, and even if you did, maybe it was so long ago that you have forgotten the material. Or maybe you are fresh out of training, but feel like you didn't quite fully grasp a concept. These are all situations that can shake our confidence. So there are signs that you can look out for to indicate that you are not feeling very confident. Here are some examples avoidance. When you find yourself avoiding a topic, whether it be by neglecting to give a lesson in a particular area or redirecting student questions about a topic to your assistant teacher or co teacher, you might not be feeling confident. Many teachers often proclaim, we haven't done much math this year because the children love to write and I'm following their interests. Or maybe we haven't done a whole lot of writing because they love math and I'm following their interests. While these things may be true, if you find yourself in this situation, you might wanna check your attitudes and beliefs about what has been avoided to see if there is an underlying reason that certain topics have not been addressed other than the fact that the students have been interested in other things. Another sign you might not be feeling confident is anxiety. You might be aware of feeling anxious in the pit of your stomach as you walk up the stairs to your classroom before the school day begins, or maybe you might be exceptionally nervous on Sunday night before the school week begins, also known as the Sunday scaries, Nervous flutters are not uncommon, but if you find yourself experiencing a lump in your throat, sweaty palms, and a racing heartbeat, your fears might be a physical manifestation of your internal state. Another thing to look at as a indicator that you might not be feeling confident is overcompensation. If you find yourself focusing on the subject or subjects you understand well to the exclusion of others, you are likely feeling unconfident in certain areas. This can look a little bit like avoidance, but it also often includes a conscious knowing that there might be gaps of knowledge or understanding in other areas. And instead of digging in to further understand, the tendency in this case would be to dive more deeply into the topics that are more easily understood and showcasing these areas. The thing about confidence is that we can often believe in ourselves in one area and feel wildly incompetent in another. A monastery classroom is an interconnected ecosystem comprised of many components, which include the social and emotional aspects of classroom life, the instructional aspect of classroom life, and the operational aspect of classroom life. These various components work in sync to create a dynamic learning environment. You will want to identify whether you are feeling unconfident in regards to the social and emotional landscape of the classroom, the instructional landscape, or the operational landscape. So what does it look like to be unconfident in the social and emotional realm? If you are feeling unconfident in the social and emotional landscape, that can stem from feeling afraid of the children. That doesn't mean that you're afraid they're going to hurt you or anything like that but you might be afraid of the things they say and how they respond. It is not uncommon for new teachers in particular to feel intimidated by elementary age children. They will point out things about you, such as the spontaneous skin rash that recently developed on your neck, the fact that you wear the same shoes every day, or that the lesson that you carefully planned for and lovingly prepared is boring. They will ask you if you believe in Santa, who you voted for in the election, and if your parents are divorced. These questions and comments can throw you back into your own childhood experiences when you heard these kinds of things from your same-aged peers. And if you aren't conscious of it, you will find yourself emotionally responding from your younger self. Now let's look at what it looks like to be unconfident in the instructional realm. If you are feeling unconfident in the academic landscape. It might be because you don't feel comfortable with the content you are teaching, or you have a hard time articulating what you want to say or how to say it. You may not feel confident in how to present a lesson so that it's clear, engaging, and inspirational. Maybe you are afraid of a certain child who complains every time you invite him to a lesson, so you leave him alone, and eventually a pattern emerges where you have delivered little to no direct instruction to keep your anxiety and his complaints at bay. Then we have the operational realm. If you are feeling unconfident about the operational landscape, this means that you might feel like your paperwork systems, whether it be your paperwork and record keeping or the student's paperwork, is out of control. You aren't sure how to keep records, or haven't settled on a system, or maybe you've visited your colleague next door who has everything color coded and you don't. Maybe you aren't feeling strong in the area of making or following through with plans. It's often the case that a person can be an amazing teacher, but they didn't go into the profession with the idea that they would be managing paperwork. However, Paperwork has gradually become a larger part of a teacher's job, and so it is not uncommon for a teacher to be confident in the social, emotional, and instructional realms, but not confident in the operational realm. All of the above can indicate a lack of confidence in all our experiences that many teachers have had at one time or another. So what do we do about all of this? Since confidence stems from a feeling... It's hard to offer a step-by-step guide on how to change your feeling state, but it is a worthy endeavor to try. The first and most important thing you can do comes from a tried and true saying from Alcoholics Anonymous, which is, fake it till you make it. Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, it means that when you walk into a teaching situation and you are not feeling confident, what you will want to do is to dive deep within yourself, tap into the reserves of confidence you have in other areas of your life and exude an air of confidence, even if you're not feeling it. It means refraining from speaking using words and tone that sounds apologetic, tentative, and uncertain. When you speak with hesitation in your voice, the children hear that. If you speak as if what you said might be taken back at the first sign of protest, children will become attuned to your patterns and respond accordingly. It is hard to shift our feeling states. But if you take a micro step every day towards the goal of improving your confidence, then you'll be on your way. What does a micro step look like? It looks like choosing to focus on one small thing each day, and that can slowly grow your confidence. This could look like the following. Before walking into the classroom in the morning, visualize that the students love, care, and respect you. They do. You just aren't recognizing it, or maybe you aren't bringing it out in them. But do spend some time visualizing that particular scenario. Another thing you're going to want to do is take stock of your strengths. Every day, think about the things you do well and how those things are creating a positive experience for your students. You might even want to make a list of the things that you feel good about at the end of the day or the things that went well. Another thing you'll want to do is look for specific evidence that you are doing well. Teachers receive cards and notes and emails of appreciation from students, from parents and administrators as well. It's great to keep these and take them out and look at them every once in a while to remind you of the positive impact you've had on your students. Oftentimes, these little love notes have some very specific feedback that is positive in nature and can really help remind you of the things that you're good at. Another thing you might want to do is think about a boundary that has not been adhered to and commit to holding firm on that boundary. An example would be students talking over you when giving a lesson. Maybe this has been an ongoing issue along with other issues, but for one week, you're going to pick this to focus on. So when those students are with you in a lesson and they start talking over you, you are going to stop every single time and wait until they're done, wait till they're silent and ready, remind them that they're ready, and then you'll proceed. And if they start talking again, you're going to stop again. And you're going to do that until they get the idea that it's your turn. When your students respond to limits, it will increase your belief that your words and actions have an impact and your feelings of confidence will improve. Another thing you'll want to do, and this is probably one of the most important things you can do, is teach, teach, and teach some more. The more lessons you give the more you will grow in your confidence. Don't wait until you have every single word of a presentation memorized. If you feel 80% ready, then go for it. Being 80% ready is better than delivering no lesson at all. And if you wait till you are at 100%, a lot of learning opportunities will be missed. One thing that is important for every single teacher to know is that you have to believe that what you have to say is worth listening to. Your words are important, your message is important, and your guidance is exactly what they both want and need. If you don't believe this is true, then the children will sense that and they will act accordingly by tuning you out or by talking over you. True confidence will come after a series of small wins where you experience success whether it be a boundary that is adhered to, a lesson that a group of children raved about, or a system that finally felt in alignment with your work style. But first, you might have to pretend for a little while. Act confident by standing tall, walking at an even pace, and speaking in an unwavering tone when the children see an adult slouching about, walking tentatively with starts and stops, or speaking in a wavering tone that ends with a lilt at the end that implies you are asking them for permission to take up space, they will feel uncomfortable and negative behaviors are likely to ensue. We all want to feel like the designated leaders in our lives are in command of themselves and are feeling good about the decisions they make and the actions they take, and children are no different. Next time you are feeling unsure of yourself, Up the ante by believing that you can experience success in your work. It will go a long way towards building a classroom culture with a teacher modeling confidence to their students.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Trillium Montessori Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love the practical and actionable classroom management advice in the Montessori Principles to Practice webinar libraries. Head to TrilliumMontessori.org forward slash podcast for details and to learn about all the ways we can help you optimize your Montessori work. We'll be back soon with more Montessori inspiration. In the meantime, please help other Montessori guides find this podcast by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Thank you for being a part of the Trillium community.